Hi, and welcome to DaVita Leadership Insights, a podcast for DaVita teammates who want to become better leaders both personally and professionally. I am Doug Miller, a master coach and DaVita University faculty member. And I'm Grace Berman, a senior director with DaVita University. Today, we get to chat about our core value of service excellence with Ojanie Tavukjan, Senior Manager of Clinical Services, who supports about 15 of our DaVita Dialysis Centers in the Los Angeles area. Welcome, Ojanie. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. Ojanie, I'm so glad that we get to chat with you. Uh, when we were planning our podcast episodes last year, we thought of you for this specific episode because you had been a recent winner of the Core Value Award for Service Excellence. And when I had a chance to chat with you for the first time, uh, it seems like ages ago now, I completely, within like a few seconds, I understood why you had won that particular Core Value Award. Just the way you so humbly talked about serving your patients and teammates it was just so inspiring, and I, I cannot wait for others to hear your stories, too. So let's jump right in. Um, tell us why the core value of service excellence is so important to you personally. Thank you, Grace. Well, you know, I started DaVita about 11 years ago as a dietitian, and for me, it was always about serving my patients. Being a dietitian in this role is definitely no easy feat. So shout out to all my dietitians in the village. I see you. Um, it's really hard. You know, when a patient comes in to dialysis the first time around, it's already a life-changing experience. And that the control and the autonomy they have is over food. So coming in and telling them what they can and cannot have um, can definitely lead to a frustrating um, conversation. And so I went in with how do I want to be treated if that was me on the dialysis chair? Is making intentional conversations with my patients, um, getting to know them, building that rapport and that trust, and ultimately finding out their why and building from that why. So that has always been my approach. So one patient that really came to mind is, um, I'll never forget this moment, um, he was really resistant to change, was having a hard time adapting to dialysis, rightfully so. And when I asked him what his why was, it was literally, all he said was, Oj, I want to see my granddaughter graduate from high school. Aww. Done. We're going to do this together. We're in this together. So... Lo and behold, a year later, his mission was accomplished and it was just an opportunity or it was a pivotal moment for me to realize, yes, this is what it's all about, is making sure that I'm always providing the care that my patient needs. And that really fulfilled my cup in that moment. Ojani, I love what you just said and what you said just connects so directly to our definition of service excellence. We say in the village that service excellence, and we define it as continually seeking to understand the needs of those who depend on us. And that includes our patients, that includes doctors and physicians, and also our fellow teammates as well. So it's, it's about meeting and understanding those needs and then exceeding those expectations. And I love how you talked about that deeper meaning that drove your commitment to understand the patients that you serve. Um, after you moved into a formal leadership role, 
How did that change or impact how you did service excellence and how that influenced you and your leadership? Yeah, Doug, that's a great question. I've been in this role for about four years and I've been exposed to many different leadership style. And really one that resonates with me is servant leadership. A couple of rods actually come to mind um, that have that have left a remarkable impression on me till this day. One was during the peak of COVID where we had to open a, up a COVID cohort unit. And he was so cool, calm, collected, and was at the clinic every single day. You would have never guessed that that clinic was solely a COVID um, cohort clinic. He had a profound appreciation for all of his teammates. He went around and even made that connection with his patient. And I said, wow, that's, that's, how I, that's the type of leadership I want to be. That really resonated with me. And I said, I really like, like the way he treats others. So I want to be intentional and make sure that my team feels the same way about me. I'm loving this overlap, and I'm really interested, Ojani. We ask our guests on the podcast all the time to share a personal story. And so I'm wondering if you can share a time when you led the core value of service excellence and a time where that really worked really well for you. Yeah, so when I first started this role, four months in, actually, I was assigned to a second region. And this region wasn't performing at their full potential. So when I came in, I came in with the mentality of just like I was with my patients. I'm here to build the rapport and trust and being genuine and transparent. If not, I knew immediately that I was not going to have this team's buy-in. And also, I wanted to destigmatize the stereotype of an MCS. They're often known as clinical spies, but no, 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 not here. I'm a coach, guys. I'm here to help you guys out. <laughs> um, Absolutely. So I set that tone um, from the get-go. Guys, I don't know what you think about MCS, but come on, give me a chance. I'm here to help you out. I'm, look at me like your coach. So we all have a goal in mind, and let's go ahead and achieve it um, together. So I was always up for the challenge. We actually, uh, we built a good trust and rapport, which actually led to opening clinics and implementing processes, having the team's buy-in and the follow-ups. Accountability was smooth sailing for this team once I was able to build that rapport with that team. And I got to say thanks to that team for believing me. And in fact, they're the ones who nominated me for this Service Excellence Award. So thanks, guys. Shout out to you. Oh my gosh. Beautiful. Yes, that is that is beautiful. And what an honor to be nominated by your own team. Uh, that's so wonderful. And such a great example of how you have um, into your leadership role, who you are serving and who are you per, who you are providing service excellence for is your team and um, and serving your team and that whole servant leadership theme that keeps coming through. And I think that's one of the things that, I love about uh, connecting service with leadership is I think sometimes people who perhaps have a certain idea of leaders where, oh, people, you're in this leadership authority role and people are, you know, uh, people are reporting to you and serving you. No, no. It's like servant leadership really flips that of you are honored with this role to be able to serve others. And how can you be a leader that serves the people who you have been entrusted with to lead? 
So um, gosh, I just, I, I love how you brought that to life. Um, and with that, I'd love to pivot a little bit more. So I, I'm hearing all of the ways in which service is just a part of who you are, service excellence as a dietitian, as a leader. I'd love to just hear now, um, we're all human, right? So tell us about a time when you stumbled at this, when you stumbled in leading the core value of service excellence. What was the impact of that? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. Um, I had a clinic in actually in that same region. I just spent a lot of time here implementing uh, processes. But what really took me a while to realize was that my priorities were not, you know, their priorities. And I was placing process first over people second. And that's when I was like, oh, hold on. Um, Mm. We need to do the opposite. I need to make sure that we have the right people in place. Because if you have the right people in place, the process will follow. And that's where it was certainly a learning moment for me to make sure that I need to be intentional, find out, you know, what the clinic really needs and what the root problem is, and then come up with the solution. So it may not be clinical right away. It may be more of, I need to get, you know, making sure that we have the right people in place first. Um, and then implement the processes and drive the processes. That is such a great question to ask, right? Is it people or process first? Wow, that I'm taking that one. I'm taking that one and going to be thinking about that for a while. Um, you know, so far in this conversation, we've been really focused on you providing service excellence and how you've done that as a leader. And I'm really wondering now, um, given the value you you hold around service excellence, how do you how do you coach others um, to lead with service excellence? How do you support your teams in prioritizing service excellence when they're you know when they're out there interacting with our patients and our processes? Yeah, well, you know, Doug, you know the saying. Um, just you can't just talk the talk, but you have to walk the walk. It's really easy to talk, right? But you have to be intentional and show that team that you're here in the long haul. We're here to collaborate with you. Also, being transparent and authentic is key when it comes to coaching service excellence. If you don't know something, say it. I'm the first to raise my hand and say, you know what? I don't know that answer, but let me get back to you. And I have to give a huge shout out to Dr. G because during the midst of our pandemic, our COVID guidelines kept changing and changing and my phone was going off the hook. I needed to make sure that my team felt supported and that I was giving the right guidance to them. There was a lot of uncertainties at that time. So I leaned in to Dr. G, make sure that I, I provided the right guidance for my team. And I wanted to make sure that they were aware that I was always there for them. And, and it was soon enough that was reciprocated. They were, they've always been there um, for me as well. And really, that's how we build the culture of team and respect. And that's how I coach others to live and lead with service excellence. That's wonderful. Thank you for describing that because I think it really brings it to life in terms of how you coach others to live and lead. It's what I'm hearing is it's just the norm. That's just the norm on your team, right? Yes. 
when everybody is expected to operate a certain way, then people just do it. <laughs> it's, it's just a part of who they are. Absolutely. Ah, oh, so wonderful. Uh, that That is, is, is such a great picture that you painted for us. Thank you for sharing that. And I will have to say, I can't even believe it's already time. I know, Doug, we say this practically every episode. Uh, it has gone by so fast. We're coming to a close in, uh, on our topic today. And we always end our episodes the same way. We ask our guests to provide and share with our audience, our listeners, what's one practical, tactical tip that you would challenge our listeners to try right away, and in this case, on this topic, to lead with service excellence? What's that one practical, tactical tip? Pause. Take a self-assessment and ask yourself, what can I do to lead with service excellence? Thank you so much, Ojani, for such a great uh, topic and exploration of service excellence. It's an honor and a privilege to serve alongside of you in our village and uh, know that our patients are being taken care of by you and your team. So thank you. Thank you. That was such an inspiring discussion with Ojani. I loved her tip at the end to pause, take a self-assessment and ask yourself, what else can I do to lead service excellence? Oh, completely agree. Uh, and speaking of tips, Doug, mm -hmm. it is my turn to follow up on the tip from our episode from last season. How did it go? It, it went great, but it felt like ages ago, it, right? It is a long time um, ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so our last season, we chatted with Eduardo Zanata on leading through influence, mm -hmm. and he had so many great tips, right, yes. uh, throughout the episode, and I especially loved his tip at the end to share success stories through champions so you double the influence. And it was really timely because I was able to apply this tip uh, pretty quickly. And we, uh, as you know, we we are launching our new Davida University Woo! digital experience. It's a new platform uh, that will help all of our teammates be able to learn and grow. And I'm so excited to bring it to the village. And we really needed a champion because it was new. Yeah. And so we uh, talked to uh, Kapil Vashista. He's our senior vice president. Uh, he's out on the in the western. United States there. And he was able to uh, help be an incredible champion, not only within his own team and spread how it was helpful for him, his team, and how he could help his um, his all of his leaders and all of his teammates learn and grow through this platform. And it was just such a wonderful opportunity to partner with another leader and for him to be able to double the influence, as Eduardo says. Awesome tip and awesome execution on that, Grace. Really cool to hear. And for the rest of you as our listeners, we would love to hear your stories and tips as well. So please check out our show notes page and click on that listener mail link to find out more about submitting your stories and tips. You can do that either through writing or through a voice message, either one. And if you haven't subscribed, which I can't believe you haven't subscribed yet, but you know, hey, it, it, it takes time for some of us. Go ahead and click on that subscribe button and uh, so that you don't miss any of these, these episodes that we're recording. And while you're doing that, don't forget to subscribe to our new Davida Power of Women podcast while you're at it. And if you enjoy these episodes, uh, please rate us on iTunes or click on the survey link in our show notes so we know how we're doing. One for all. All for one.